Hello and welcome to Switch to Channel 2, the entertainment production podcast that takes a peek behind the curtain of the entertainment industry and making your way through it. As always, I'm your host, Guy Jackson, along with my co-host, Eric Moots. Hello there. Hey, Moots. What's up? It's been a second since, we, since we've last talked. Um, yeah, we've, we've, been, we've been away for a bit, and unfortunately, this will probably be the last episode that airs in the year 2020. So... Seems, seems it's not likely. over for the podcast, but we got we got the last one for the year. Yeah, I mean, I just get I'm gonna get real busy here up until I think the third is when I finally am free again. It's not. So work you're actually related. working over the break, or nope, are you not work related? No. Not work related in the slightest. <laughs> Hopefully, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Somehow, I don't. <laughs> yeah, most of the industry obviously shuts down during this time, so it's uh, it's very like unlikely for work to show up. But um, regardless of that, let's talk about what we have been working on um, for the last time we've talked this year. So, Moots started off. What have you been doing since last time we spoke? Yeah. So the last job that I worked right before this podcast, uh, like not today, but like the last one I worked before we recorded this podcast, not like mm-hmm. I just came from set just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> um, I worked, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but essentially there is a car company that has a live event type thing. And I was filming the intro video for that event. A thing. car company that does a live event. They're they're going they're doing a live event thing. And they need so it's not a commercial, which to me I totally thought it was gonna be commercial just based off of the talent that was involved, because it's like pretty it was like pretty pretty big name talent. Damn. Especially right now. And there's also a whole other thing that I will tell you about off the podcast which made me super confused and super i was just very concerned with what we not concerned but just interested in what we were filming because of it but thought it was going to be a super bowl commercial because of there's like big name talent and it's a car company and that seems like what would be happening right now because super bowl commercials usually film around this time of year um which is interesting because there's always like time periods in the year where different things get filmed so you have all of your holiday stuff that gets filmed somewhere between july and usually october sometimes there's a november one but that's really cutting it close yeah it's usually in post by november usually yeah so you get your holiday things in that time period from november through january you have your Super Bowl commercials. So January usually is, you know more Super Bowl commercials before or after like halfway through the month. Uh, you have like summertime stuff kinda in March through like May, and then I mean that's kind of like the slow season. And it starts right back up, and yeah, most just general purpose commercials get filmed somewhere between February and August. At least in my experience. Yeah, most stuff, like, it, if you imagine, most productions from pre-production to post maybe takes about three months or so, I would say, on average, my guess is. Um, you you want to backtrack about three months off of whatever whatever is when the thing is happening. So, like you said, Super Bowl happening in, like, January, February, probably shoot three months before that. Like, that's starting 
that would be about where it is. Um, same thing with obviously the, the holiday stuff, but no, that sounds crazy. I, I don't know what company or what, what <laughs> production does. I'm confused. I'm, I'm lost now. What you're, so you, so you it's hard to explain because I also can't say anything about it yeah, because course, it would give it away. And this one had a lot of NDAs on it. Yeah. I can explain it as best as I can. But they're doing, I think they're that's doing the best a live that event. Yeah. They're doing a live event, but you weren't doing the live event part of it. You nope. were doing... They have an intro video. Something. They have a video that introduces what the event is. Interesting. Now you got me curious. I, I'm <laughs> looking forward to figuring out what the hell this is. But yeah, so we did. I did that, and then it was... Uh, that was what I did most recently. It was like a four-day gig out at a like out near Malibu Beach. We drove okay. down like in a caravan from there to uh this location near LAX. And then that was it. Like every day was just that. It was pretty great. Had a lot of fun. Read a book because I was on a lockup up a mountain because the car mm. drives up a mountain in one of the shots. And so they need to lock ups all along the mountain. But like, I don't know, there was nothing happening at the top of the mountain. So I read a book because wow. that's what I've started doing whenever I'm like, I don't like bring a book to, I, I like put a book in my car and I never on the first day of set, like break out the book if I don't need it. Yeah. But I, I there are sometimes you're in a lockup where if it's not like in downtown or in an actual neighborhood, like when I'm up a mountain locking up a gate that doesn't, there's no cars. Like it's a closed gate. Yeah, like you're it's not like expecting people to gate. randomly show up. There's no way anybody's coming from this area. And yeah. like when they're actually rolling, I'll like I'll I will be present for it. But the other thing is we were like out of walkie-talkie range for a lot of it. The only thing that we could do is like we had to do like a relay system up and down the mountain. So because there was like PAs who were so far away, they couldn't hear the base of the mountain. I say mountain. It was really more of a hill, but mm. eh, it's kind of a mountain. I think it's called a mountain. Regardless, I, I did that. That was my last job that I did. And it was fun. Good times. I think I worked something else. But I'll be perfectly honest. I just can't even remember what it was. But it was something. It's been a minute. <laughs> I lose track of what I've been working on sometimes, like thinking back, even I've only been doing this for a couple of months now. And I'm like, what mm. did I work on this entire time? I'm trying to <laughs> trying to relate or like when you're talking, someone's like, okay, what was I working on before I talked? Like, what was the last thing I did or the things I did before we were talking now? Like as we're catching up and stuff, yeah. it's just, it's a lot, which is why this is kind of helpful, this podcast, because we can easily like, be able to see where we were and what we were talking about, what we worked on since last time we talked. But yeah, I need to definitely be bring more books probably because I need to read in general um, to sets uh, because right now all I'm doing is I'm either doing nothing or I'm mindlessly scrolling on my phone, which isn't very helpful. Um, oh, that's but, fun. Oh, it was a couple photo shoots. That's right. That's right. I had like a couple photo shoots again. L love photo shoots. It was two different photo shoots. Same producer for both of them. Love photo shoots. Highly recommend them. I forgot that I did that. I was just looking yeah. through my email for call sheets. I found yeah, no, I, I don't think I've never dealt with a photo shoot. So once again, another field that I have no idea how that works. I'm just, I'd, like we talked about, I think in a previous episode, it's similar, somewhat similar, but just interesting. But for yeah. me, um, 
I, I've only done one thing, I think, since we last talked, which is I was working on a game show, which was interesting. My first oh, time working on that. Um, it was a, it's a game show that's unannounced yet that is uh, most likely slated to come out, or I would say, early, mid next year, hopefully. Um, but super excited to see how it worked. It was a confusing concept, but once you started to see the, the game play out, it was uh it made a lot more sense and it was exciting to watch. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing when it comes out. But as far as being on set, it was actually relatively calm. Um there was not a, there was a lot of downtime, especially during the first week because it was just load in. Um so <clears throat> it was just it was just dealing with certain things like what making sure nobody was dying or you know, just making sure everybody's safe or doing a run here and there. But otherwise, it was pretty chill. And uh, it was fun because we were on the CBS lot, which was my which was my first time working on the CBS lot. I was actually last year when I was out here as my internship program, I was I was living right near the CBS lot near the Grove and um, that area. And so it was exciting and interesting to be back in that part of town, but also be working there. Yeah. Um, and during COVID, it was very quiet. There wasn't much going on. There was a, one or two shows also filming on the lot, but lot filming is different, obviously, than than on location filming. Very because different. It's such a like. There's more things built up, but then also, um, yeah, you just have you just have different things you're focused on and worrying about. But that was the only thing I worked on, and then I've been doing some editing on the side, working for um, another company, doing that, which has been fun. Um, the project hasn't been too bad. Just uh, it was a little bit troubling trying to balance doing the edits while also being on set. So um, I made sure that they knew, obviously, that I was going to be busy on set doing something else. But mm-hmm. um, we got the the edits are are done, and and hopefully we'll get approved by the client somewhat soon, or we're getting close to the end stages of it. Um, but yeah, those are that's all I've really worked on. Sounds like. Both of us had a had a good kind of wrap up point to our years, um, our year. Yeah. Obviously, twenty twenty being a crazy, wild year for everybody. Um, yes, it was. But <laughs> yeah, it, it was a nuts year. But let's let's talk about that just in general. And and since this is the last podcast of the year, um, I had I had the idea to make it more of a wrap up episode. So instead of talking about um, a certain topic about the production industry or everything about how sets or, or maybe even having a guest, which we want to get more guests on, but we're having trouble um, making our schedules line up because obviously production is a bit hard to line up all of our schedules. But regardless, this year, let's talk about what we worked on. I have the first thing I want to discuss, obviously, is what were your favorite gigs? Moots, you had some gigs in the beginning of the year, obviously that lull in the middle, and then now you're picking back up. I yeah. had somewhat the same what were your favorite gigs? And if you have a reason why, what was it? Yeah, I think I was looking back through everything when you posed what were my favorite gigs this year. And I was just thinking back through that. And I think my favorite gigs this year, I had I had a couple. All of them involved just getting out of Los Angeles. I don't know what that says about LA, but my favorite jobs were I had at the very start of the year. Uh, it was like the dates I worked were January 7th through the 12th. I had this random, it's, it was this weird thing of 
there's a car company that is competing with or not they're not competing with Tesla. They're not competing with Tesla, but they're trying to be like a high-end electric car. So the default is to Tesla, but it wasn't Tesla. Okay. They're like a startup at the moment. They might not be anymore, I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't heard their name ever other than the shoe. I think I I, I think um I think I've heard of the or I I think I, I know what like, company I, you're talking about. I'm not about. trying to not say the name. I just have I have forgotten the name. No, no, no. It's all good. I think because I, I somewhat know obviously tech stuff and cars. So I think I've heard maybe their name show up, but no. Maybe to if see. you say yeah. the name, I probably could tell I I, I, I could, might know. to be honest, I can't remember it either. But I'm just saying like I, I Yeah. But so there's I, I think like I know what you're talking about. But it seems it's like a, obviously you work on a lot of freaking car commercials right, or stuff. Dude, they a lot of cars need commercials. But th- so this one wasn't a car commercial. It was a weird thing where what we were filming where we went out to Joshua Tree, uh the desert. We mm-hmm. filmed these time lapses. We would get up at like 3 a.m. We would wrap whenever the sun went down, which was like around 8 p.m. Because we wanted to get the sunrise and the sunset. We would just set the camera, which is like this DSLR, on a dolly, not dolly, slider, that would move the camera at very like at the intervals we needed to to get the time lapse shot that we wanted. Okay. So it was like fully automated. Once you put it on and programmed it, you just let it run for however long it was. We would let it run for like two hours, three hours sometimes, just filming were you pictures a PA of the sky. On this or were you were you yeah. ADing? So it? I was the PA. I was the only PA on it, but it was like this four five person crew, four person crew, five person oh, nice. crew. It was this five person crew. We went out to Joshua Tree. One of the better parts of it was that it was San Francisco rates, which are more. So oh, San Fran rates are three fifty per day. Wow. That's and nice. because this company was was San Francisco based, they paid that rate, even though we were filming in Los Angeles, not Los Angeles and Joshua Tree. Yeah. But that job was just amazing. Every day it would be like wake up super early, like incredibly early. But then we just get to go out and watch the sunrise in Joshua Tree, which I just did that this week. Still beautiful. Still highly recommend somehow getting out there to watch the sunrise if you can, even though I don't think you're allowed in the park overnight but we did it anyways well that one they got permission to do it i just yeah. did it anyways uh because i'm a bad boy you know that about cool. me guy yeah um no i need i need to actually go out there at some point I'm, i've been bad obviously being out here during the pandemic <laughs> and stuff i haven't had a chance to really explore los angeles or the surrounding area just kind of doing the the bare minimum of, of being part of the city but if you're trying to go out into nature and now is the time to do it because now is like it's a good excuse to go out there because you are, you can like not wear your mask if you're the only person in a three mile radius. So yeah, it's like, I, I don't so. know, to That's me, it's true. like, it just feels way more freeing because I hate, I'm, do, I wear the mask so religiously. Like I will wear it anytime anybody's close to me. I don't want to wear it though. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just uncomfortable. We're not supposed to breathe with masks on. I'm going to do it because it's a health pandemic. Not to get into COVID, but uh, it's a separate thing. But it's like, it's that shoot in particular, I think, helped me, got me on a kick where I started just trying to get out of the city more and just go out to the surrounding areas. Like, now I have done that a lot more. I did that just this past week and that job paid way more. We got to take naps almost all of the day. We still got paid That's for great. it. It was a lovely job. But what it was, the actual content was going to be 
they had a showroom in San Francisco and all of their cars had color themes that were based on locations in California. Oh. So it was a thing where if you went into their showroom and clicked a button like on a podium that said, I want to see the Joshua Tree color theme, it would show you that color scheme on the car and inside the car. And it also would have these time-lapse videos. I don't know why they needed me. I was not necessary to do that. That's like a, that's like a, you just get one person to go out there and do it. Yeah. But we had like a team. I'm not going to complain because first of all, the people that I was working with were amazing people, really cool people that honestly might be my favorite job I've worked ever because it was, I don't know. It was just a cool job. That was like the very start of my year. I think half the fun of being on a shoot is the people that you're with and the location that you're at. Like the content that you make, depending on the job, especially if you don't have a stake in it, like you are as a PA or, or whatever you're working on, where you're the bottom tier and it doesn't really matter what the project is. It matters who you're working with and you're having fun with them and the location to some degree because you want to make sure that you're having mm-hmm. a fun time and enjoying the surrounding. That's why obviously nature shoots, I haven't gotten to do many of those. Actually, I don't think I did any of those because the type of work I do kind of revolves around more sets and stuff but that being said i think like yeah being out in nature is it's another great way to make a project way more enjoyable yeah and i don't know it was something that that was just super great for me personally on top of it being something good for me in a professional sense because it was for first of all paid pretty great Mm mm-hmm I think it taught me a lot about what cause I up until that point, I feel like I had actually, as soon as I got here, I worked these like very big structured gigs that were either very big car commercials or music videos with very well, like like well-known people. And it was all very formal. And I enjoyed that. Like that was also that was, I wasn't like upset about working those jobs because the actual content was super cool. But that job, I think, taught me a lot about the reason that I got into film and TV in the first place was how much I enjoyed doing the actual work. Uh, Mm Because for a while it was not that I, not to say that I didn't enjoy the work, but I didn't enjoy the work. It was PAing stuff and I enjoyed the people I was working with and the actual content was super neat. I think for a while it was less of a I'm enjoying doing the work and more of I'm enjoying the circumstances that I'm doing the work in. Yeah. Whereas this job, the work was fun. Everything about this job was just super fun and made me recontextualize all of the other work that I've been doing in a way that made me want to both do more of that work, but make somehow make it more enjoyable like find more joy out of that stuff. And it also just made me realize that there are jobs out there that are going to be these super small, low budget things. But if it seems like it's an interesting con, like not an interesting concept, but if it seems like it's this interesting thing to do, even if it's going to be way lower budget, I think that I will do those jobs way more now. And I think I have been doing those recently. Um, so it's kind of taking more of a chance on what you are doing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think at the end of the day, if you're enjoying your work, 
it just makes it 10 times more rewarding to be part of a project, even if you are at that low level. Um, I think it's great that obviously in this industry, not everybody likes the same thing and everybody wants to work on the same thing. And like you pointed out, there's, there's these smaller budget, smaller group productions that you can do that have just as much rewarding aspects to them as the stuff that I've been doing with these large crews and these huge sets and events. And it just depends on the work that you want to do. And finding that is part of the journey. I think that everybody from this industry goes through is figuring out not only what job you want to do in it, but what types of work you want to do. And that can change over time, but it's having that that learning is part of it. And I think both of us are are still in that early stages of figuring out what we want to do. You have it a little bit more figured out than I do, but that's just also because you've been doing this for a little bit longer than I have. Yeah, I think I've been doing it for a little longer. I think I've just worked more individual gigs because mine are so short-term that I think I've really got a uh, a charcuterie board, some might say, of work. Ooh. So I can, I can, uh, I can, uh, you know, go over and go, okay, I like some of this, uh, goat cheese. Don't really like the fromage, (laughs) you know, you know, you know, that's fromage is just cheese. Yep. I'm aware. I I realized that after I said fromage, (laughs) that that's not a type of cheese. That's just cheese. (laughs) I just was, I think my mind was what cheese words do you know? And fromage came up because it is a cheese word. In fact, it It is, is, it is cheese as a word. Yeah. So. Listen, I, I respect I respect the use of uh, charcuterie. I think that's great. I think oh, fantastic for fantastic analogy you could say to uh, to to the type of work that you that you did. Music videos and commercials are such short term things, so you get to sample a lot of different things that are out there and kind of learn who you want to work with, what do you want to work on, very quickly. And then sometimes you get a gig from an email from a producer that you haven't worked with for a while who recommended you to somebody else and they want you to go to Joshua tree and be up at 3 AM for five days in a row. And it's going to be probably the most rewarding job you've ever worked. And it's just stuff like that is how it works. And that Joshua tree trip is probably like a very, very nice, like raspberry jam on a poppy seed cracker and the charcuterie board uh, analogy. I love it. Um, apart from that job, was there any other ones that were standout favorites or was that the that was the pinnacle one that you loved the most? I, I go back and forth between that job and the reality TV show that I worked in Montana. I mean, okay. we, we drove it was we were in Idaho for a bit, Wyoming up to Montana, drove around all the things in Montana and I think that one I liked a lot. First of all, it was like a free travel job. So I just mm-hmm. got a vacation in all these places, kind of. And because of the actual content, it was them. We were like following a family. I don't think it's out yet. I'll look it up later. So I'm not going to actually say it. But okay. we were like following this family and saw them sampling all these different things in these areas. And because they were doing that, we also just got to see those things, which were neat. Um, A lot of it for me was interesting with nature stuff. We like went to all these national parks. We had like days off where I just like drove around Glacier National Park for the entire day. Just kind of adventuring out there in a way. And also because it was a reality 
reality TV show, it was much different than the other things that I had worked previously, which makes me more confident that I want to do more TV or movies or longer term things that aren't as, I guess, so cut and go. Yeah. Because I actually got to work with these people and I got to like get some real friendships and it was a lot more camaraderie from this three week job versus a normal two or three day job. I mean, there was also a time period where I was just stuck in a hotel room with nothing to do because they had us quarantined for five days when we got there. It's like we flew in and just quarantined for five days. The only contact I had was like this guy named Kevin who just would drop off my food. And I text him and be like, hey, I want this food. If you could please give me this food. And like before he even started the shoot, he's like, yo, man, I got you. I'm taking care of you. We're bros. We're doing this together. So that gig, I think I learned a lot about what I enjoy in TV and like how important it is to have these people who will go to bat for you, even though I didn't really need like that shoot. No, no plate appearances were needed. Nobody needed to go to bat for me. But like it was very reassuring to have that team there. So that's something where you you need as you you were saying earlier, half the great part about this job and all these individual gigs are the people you're working with. So just keep that in mind. Make sure there's like camaraderie between all the PAs, all the production team, because y'all are what is helping all of y'all through it. Yeah. Y'all y'all is helping y'all. Y'all is helping y'all. <laughs> so I don't know. Those those are my two I think favorite gigs this year. What what about you guy? Well, yeah, I think those are fantastic ones. One one last comment I want to make before I talk about mine was uh, for the second one. You talked about how they, um, you talked about how for the longer gigs it was a little bit better, easier to get that camaraderie because you're working with them for for a couple more weeks, and that's just interesting to hear your comment on it because that's most of the gigs that I do work on is I work on longer term gigs, so I do get there is even if it's for two weeks or something, there's a little bit more camaraderie between all of us that you know by the end of it we're taking a photo as a PA squad or PA and production coordinating manager squad. You know we're getting everybody together because we want to celebrate the finale of this as one whole team, but. As far as far as for me, I have three really gigs that stand out as my favorite of the year. And I've I've only done a certain amount of gigs this year, probably less than compared to you. But um there were three that really stood out. And the first one I think is kind of it's kind of a I don't know if it counts, maybe it counts, but it was uh New Year's Eve for Fox, Fox's New Year's Eve in Times Square, which technically was 2020, but it also was 2021 <laughs> because I'm because it ended at midnight on or it ended at 1 a.m. on uh, wait, hold on, 2020, 2020, 2021 or 2020, 2019. Oh, sorry, sorry, 2019. 20, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was I'm like, not in the future. Man. I'm not in the future yet. Cool, dude. A podcast uh, for the time travelers. Pretty sick. <laughs> no, I the um the the 2019 New Year's Eve, um, for me that was my first ever PA gig where I wasn't uh, an intern. And so obviously that stands out as a memorable one. It was crazy being in New in New York in New York City. Um, I got to watch the ball drop 
it was nuts bringing a new year, a new decade, first time working on something. I'm leaving school that year. So it, it, it felt very momentous. And so that's why like I'll, I'll always remember that gig. I'll remember how much excitement I had for the, for the year coming. Um, obviously that excitement dwindled very fast. Uh, once the year kind of came tumbling down, but, uh, I, it, that was memorable for me. And it was also my first time doing a gig in New York city, which is another great, um, hotbed of, um, of work for production. And maybe it's somewhere where I might go and live in the future. So it was overall just a very unique gig to work on and not many people can say that they did that. So that for me, that was memorable. It didn't really Mm -hmm. have, it, it didn't really revolve around anything crazy of what I did. Well, granted, actually, I do have some fantastic stories from my time doing that, but that's something for either off podcast or, uh, or on another podcast at some other time. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. But as far as that, I think the next one that would come into play in my mind would be the VMAs, the MTV Video Music Awards. Um, similar to New Year's Eve, the reason why this one kind of fits on the on my docket of one of my favorites is, while it was a bit rough working it at some points because of COVID, um, which made mm-hmm. things very, very difficult. We actually had to get shut down at one point because we were the first, I think we were the first award show back from COVID. So it was kind of figuring stuff out and we were the guinea pigs for some of it. Um, the reason why it stands out is because it was my first gig when I moved out here. And it was one that surprised me because the person that asked me to work on it, called me when I was about a day or so out from, from LA, when I was still on my drive over and he asked if I wanted to do it. And he had no idea. I, I didn't live in LA at that point. He thought I still lived. He thought I, cause he knew me from the fall. He thought I still lived out here, but he just happened to catch me at the right time, the right place. And it was, and when I got first got into my apartment, about a day or so later, I was on the job and I was working for a month. Um, and for me, that was that was both rewarding and like relieving mm-hmm. because I th- I was coming out here with the notion that I wasn't going to be working. Maybe there might be a chance I'm not working until December. And I thought that would be the case. And I got really lucky. Um, and that has to do with the contacts I made and the people that I worked with. And I think that leads into one of my major lessons I learned this year was that people do like working with me and that I'm not bad at what I do. That kind of ties together. I'm, I don't think I'm amazing at what I do. I think it's grunt work. It's not super hard to do. That being said, um, it, I was nervous when I came out here was that this was a test of will the people that I do know, will they be willing to stick a leg out for me and help me out or stick an arm out to, to grab my hand and pull me in? Um, and that was, I didn't even have to ask. Someone did it for me and pulled me back in. So that was very relieving to know that people do, people did like working with me. And I've, I've talked to people since then and they're always happy to work with me. So, which makes me happy that I am doing either a good job or I'm a nice person to have around. So that's definitely rewarding to, to know. And then the last one was one that I talked about on, on this podcast um, a couple of weeks ago was working with Twitch. That was exciting for me because I love gaming. I love that sphere. And I got to do some things more than just PAing. And I think that's why I really enjoyed that job is uh, it, 
it was just a unique experience and it was my first I wouldn't call it a job because I was still technically a PA but it was my first thing I was doing on set other than just PA work so I felt more involved in the process and it was exciting to have that moment of of there's a way up there's a point where I can do something more than just PA for the rest mm-hmm. of my life and so that's why I really enjoyed that job um, and those would be kind of my three standout ones and a lot of the rest kind of all fold into the same I was doing the same type of work maybe it was cool to be on one location maybe it was cool to see this actor or whatever um, but yeah those would be my main three yeah I just really quickly on your second one uh, imposter syndrome is super real and it's very oh, yeah. it's it's something that affects everybody I've had that I think from the moment I started I for me I guess it kind of makes sense because I immediately I w- was on a bachelor promo shoot the very first thing and I don't know the bachelor seems like a pretty big deal and then from there like two jobs later I was on a Beyonce music video and I was like I definitely don't deserve to be here I just started but I like to think that I'm really good at my job and that I'm very good at doing what I do. So there's that. And I think imposter syndrome is a thing that should just be talked about because it's true. I, I, you are good at your job. I assume actually I'm, I assume you are. I assume one, you are a guy. We'll I like to think you are. Production one together. day we will. I've, one day we I will. I feel yeah. like Moots. One day we. I almost had you on the same show as me, not at the same time, but one day yeah. we will work on something together. One, and I'm, I'm very curious <laughs> to see how each other are on set. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, but I mean, I assume you're good at your job, just based yeah, off everything you. I know about you. Um, so it's not necessarily interesting to me, just because I mean, I don't know. I think everybody goes through imposter syndrome at some point in their life. Everybody yeah. thinks that they aren't who they say they are every now and then, but it's just that that's what it is. It's hard to yeah. have a good concept of self. So thank you all for tuning into our psychology podcast here. Yeah, this was a great <laughs> podcast within a podcast talking about the depth of it. And I'm sure we will get into depth more of detail humanity. at another, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into more detail <laughs> in another time about imposter syndrome because yeah, like you said, everybody mm-hmm. goes through it and I have, I've probably had it uh, in and out for since like I went to film school. Oh, I love you know, it. I've, I've had it for a long time, just constantly worried. Am I, am I, do I deserve to be part of this industry? And uh, I'm still learning my way through it, but it definitely, I think that was one of my lessons that I learned this year, um, tying it into the next part that we want to mm-hmm. talk about is that I, I genuinely do find that this is the business I want to belong. I don't know what part yet. I, I have, I really love live events like we talked about. I love live production. So that world is more my world, but I'm not exactly sure where I fit in it yet. But in general, this is where I belong because while it's got its ups and downs, overall, it's what I love doing. It's it's mm-hmm. the thing I love doing and it makes it unique. And I love telling people the stories and I love talking about what how this business works and this is why we made this podcast so we can talk about these types of things and and discuss and tell with friends about what we've been working on because for people who aren't in it it's very very exciting and i think that's what i just like overall being part of it and being part of the creative process i think there's a lot of people out there that are creative types and it's enjoyable to work alongside them and create something for people to watch maybe years down the line or decades down the line yeah, I think I, I have a couple of big lessons I've 
I've taken away from this year. Go for it. I think more so than last year. I think my my first one I'll talk about is just being open to opportunities and trying to being open to make things work even if it seems like it shouldn't because the job I had in Montana, I had to very quickly replace myself on this different like two day job. And it was for this first AD who I hadn't worked with for a while. And I didn't think really remembered me super well. And I was like, ah, I could just keep working the job that I have right now and I'll have other work, but it would be because it's just going to be so much work to try and replace myself and then also just make yeah. sure that this first AD is fine with me replacing myself the night before the shoot uh, because it was just a very hectic thing where I got a text that said, do you want to come to Montana and film a TV show? Like the text literally just said, do you want to come to Montana and film a TV show with me for the next three weeks? Yeah. And I think that, yeah, <laughs> that it's, it's I just, definitely like taking that leap. That's what you need. Like you need to take those leaps. So I think my biggest, my, or my first thing is that's just a takeaway, being open to making things work because that honestly was like one of the best jobs I've ever worked. It was a super cool experience and I'm glad that I did it because I didn't end up, uh, the AD I had to replace myself with, totally good with him. He's hired me on a lot of stuff recently and they're literally, it ended up being no negatives on this other than I lost out on a day of pay there that first day but then didn't lose out on a day like i mean then i i, I made it up but yeah because of that job the montana job i essentially worked like 35 days in a row and then i was like had a day off and then worked a whole bunch more days and then had a day off and like worked a bunch of days i really like i looked back at it and i was like in these past two months i've had like four days that I've had to just do whatever I want. Like I've had four days where I'm off and I don't have anything stopping me from just doing what I want to do with the day, which was, I think just really hectic. And because of just some personal things, like, I mean, I, this year I started dating someone who like, I'm in a very, I think pretty seriously ship with for the time being, at least hopefully for a while because I like this person a lot uh, yeah. but I've like had to figure out how to balance time working with not working better so I mean right now I have like not worked the last four days I'm not working again until at best January 4th because I'm like taking time off to spend it with my girlfriend who is now visiting me because she lives in Alaska, which is a whole separate issue uh, for <laughs> things. I mean, she's she's amazing. She's great. She's currently out doing things with her friends, which is why I have time to record this podcast right now. And um, well, hopefully, hopefully once uh, once all this COVID stuff ends, I can actually meet her. Maybe <laughs> I would love to introduce you. But it, I mean, it's just something where I think this year I was forced to learn how to balance my work life and my personal life more both mm -hmm. because because COVID hit I had no work life for a while so my personal life took everything and then after COVID ended my work life took over everything my personal life kind of didn't have a lot of space to exist and I think right now I'm getting to a place where I'm finding a better balance where I'm not burnt out from work 
but I also am working consistently enough and have my money right and have my connections and everything flourishing in a good way that I just didn't have at the start of the year. And then all the turmoil of the year kind of forced it to be good. So I think my biggest takeaway, my biggest lesson, I have two lessons. The first one was be open opportunities. The second one is really strive to find the balance that works for you. Because ever since I think I found that niche for me where personal life and work life are very well tight roped, um, I've been a lot just more productive on set and just way happier offset because I'm not constantly forcing 12 different social interactions into a two hour span because that's when I have before I have to go to sleep because I work the next day. I think for me, uh, my last kind of big lesson takeaway that I would have is um, that similar to work-life balance is that I need to have a new hobby or creative outlet Um, because being on set and being a PA isn't that creative. um, I need to find something new to keep me excited and keep me interested, whether that be something like a hobby that uh, is different from what I want to do. That's just something fun that keeps me in- entertained and enjoyed and, and fulfilled. Or whether that be something creative to lead to new opportunities in the future. Um, I have ideas that I'm thinking about going forward with that I just don't know how they're going to work out, but I'm interested to see. So I think for the upcoming year, for me, it's figuring out those creative balances and to figure out new ways to fulfill that creative side of things when my work side at the moment is not as creative. Um, and maybe in the future, that will flip a little bit and I'll be able to have more of a creative input in the work I'm doing on set. And then on the back at back at home, I can do something more relaxing or a hobby or something that uh, doesn't need to fulfill my creative juices. But that's for the future. And speaking of the future, I want to know, Moots, last thing before Mm -hmm. we finish off this podcast is what are you hoping for for next year? Obviously, let's start off with I think both of us clearly want COVID to go away. Would love that. Would love that for us. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It might be coming um, sooner Um, rather mm -hmm. than later at the end of all this. But um, who knows for sure. But I think besides... The obvious. What are some things that you're hoping for for next year? I'm hoping for, I think, a lot more interesting work. I think work in different areas that I haven't gotten to touch as lot as much so far. So I'm hoping for maybe I would love to work on a feature or a TV show. But even if I can't, like just having more varied works so that I get have just more interesting perspectives on everything that's happening. Um, on top of, you know, hopefully being able to go back to work in a normal manner. Though that's, mm-hmm. again, I think I think that's I think that's a while off. That's a question for scientists, so I'm not going to speculate too heavily, but yeah, I don't yeah. think we uh, are close to being able to just exist as if it didn't have, as if COVID didn't exist. But yeah, I think just if you completely ignore that part of it in terms of our wish list. More varied work, more interesting work. Um, hopefully, more second AD jobs so that I don't have to PA as much, and those jobs pay better. But I would yeah. love, love, love to have a more value, more high value job. 
Yeah, I think that for me that was the same. Uh, that's my main my main thing for next year is to hopefully move away from being a PA at least once, at least for one gig to do something other than PA work um, on these uh, larger productions. Um, I definitely just I, I'm looking to see where the next step is, and at the moment PA work is is fine, and I'm more I'm happy to still learn. There's plenty more to learn as being a PA and the the type of work that everybody does on set, but um, I'm looking for hopefully next year for that one chance to, to move on up, to do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think those are, those are both good goals. Yeah. Um, obviously, as I mentioned before, to be more creative as well, that's kind of ties into what I want to do next year as well as, uh, as well as <laughs> something that I learned from this year. Yeah. I think that's a good little, uh, thing to tie out the year on. Yeah. And thank you all for listening to the podcast. We are very appreciative and we hope that you have a great New Year's, holidays, whatever you, uh, just a good, good day, you know, just good days. Yeah, I hope everybody has a fantastic holiday season and New Year and fingers crossed, hopefully the new this upcoming year, 2021, will be better than uh, the previous. But this is definitely not the last you'll hear from us. Nope. We're more than happy and more excited to make more of these next year, but this will be our last one for this uh, for this great year of 2020. By great, that's in quotes because it's not really great. Um, <laughs> but with that, on that note, this has been Switch to Channel Two. I've been Guy Jackson. That's my co-host Eric Moots. That's me. And thank you, 2020. Goodbye. See you next year. Mm-hmm.